Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life in the fast lane, everybody. I'm doing my returns today. I'm returning some items. And you know what? Uh, you know when you feel like you become an expert all of a sudden, I've suddenly got so fast at a returns form. And a company can, in my mind, sink or swim by how it deals with returns. Dunnell Mills, I don't want to call anyone out, but I'm calling somebody out. Dunnell Mills, this was a while ago, um, went through, kept ordering, I think I've told, spoken about this before, I was ordering these lovely, lovely lamps they had um, on Dunnell Mills' website, now called Dunnell, like when Emmerdale Farm became Emmerdale, very groovy. And every time they arrived, they were smashed. And it was impossible. The returns process was impossible. Uh, But today, um, who's going up, who's going down? Victorian... Plumbing, Victorian plumbing, I'm returning a sink um, because uh, that's my life. They've made the process very easy. And then I got a lampshade from John Lewis. Well, I got two lampshades that I need to send back and they're making it a little bit complicated. So they're going down in my estimation. These are the headlines from the front line of gayness, you know? Speaking of which... We've actually got a very glamorous filmmaker on our show today because, do you know what we're talking about today? We're talking all about DNA tests. Um, Because have you ever done a DNA test? Um, I have never done one because I just don't want to open the can of worms. Uh, Whether there would be a can of worms there or not, who knows? Somebody who did do one is a lovely gentleman called Luke Davies. Luke is a 30-year-old gay man who grew up in Rochdale and he's now a filmmaker and creative and he's made this documentary. The documentary is called Stranger in My Fam, all about the time that he did a DNA test and discovered something huge. Ultimately, the story of the documentary is finding his dad. Finding his biological dad, I should say. And there's this whole thing that we talk about in the interview, actually, about having to come out again to a whole new family who you're meeting and how that went for him and discovering who you really are and uh, having to really introspect. Before we go and chat to Luke, 
Have you listened to last week's episode? BBC journalist Paddy O'Connell. Beautiful, funny and touching episode with a lovely man. We also spoke to the author of the novel of the summer. It's the new normal people. It's Bellies by Nicola Dinan. Uh, did a whole deep dove with Nicola. Loved that chat. Um, before we dive in, emails, messages. Listeners, it's the first Homo sapiens wedding. I'm calling it the first Homo sapiens wedding. Let's have a listen. Listener David is married. Good morning, Chris. I thought I would send you some photos of David and Lenny's big gay witchy wedding. I know how far I've come from the first time I started listening to your podcast when I was uh, in so much pain and a closeted, scared guy. Now, I'm... Four or five years on, I married to the beautiful Minglin, and we had an amazing wedding, surrounded by my chosen family. It was awesome. So, anyway, just wanted to share it with Homo sapiens because, well, guys, you've been part of my journey. Love you lots. Bye-bye. David, that is such amazing news. Congratulations to the pair of you. It is a beautiful thing. And I can hear, you know, I love, so I can hear that you're glowing. You are glowing in your voice note there. And send us the pictures. If you allow us to, we'll share them online, online, you know, Instagram. What a beautiful story. And a huge moment for Homo sapiens, I will admit. That's warmed my soul. That has warmed my soul. After the Nadia Whitham episode, we've been asking you what you want your MPs to be doing for you in Parliament. Watching tractor-based porn, says Mr Gay Island. Um, Okay, lovely. Um... Legislating for equal fertility rights for LGBTQIA couples on the NHS nationwide. Anna Beaumont, that's who wrote that. I could not agree more. And it doesn't feel like we're getting any way, shape or form close to that. I'm just watching my husband in the garden. who has become obsessed with weeding. Um, And what he's done is he doesn't like the way the grass has some bits in it that isn't grass. You know, weeds. So he's raked up loads of stuff and now he's sowing new grass seed and he's watering it with a hose. But you know what? As long as he's out of trouble, I'm happy. Um, Craig says, at this point, I don't even know. It all seems rather depressing and we need a reset. Craig, that reset is a coming. Rye Prince, do something other than respond with Tory doublespeak. I couldn't agree more. I listen to them on the radio and I just go... How could anybody understand what the hell you're on about? I don't even think you understand what you're on about. Herbie says, leaving. My local MP has voted against pretty much anything progressive. Yeah. We, the thing is, is listening to Nadia, it's like our, our local MP is so pivotal to what we can and to our power, you know? As with all Homo sapiens moments, we swung from the important stuff in politics to the important stuff in your gob. Nadia also was talking about her favourite pret sandwich. We had to ask you guys, what is your favourite pret sandwich? I went for the ham and greve baguette. I think I'm sticking by it. I mean, it's ham cheese croissant really, isn't it? Because they're hot. Mm. Emma Louise Hills says egg and cress. An oldie, an oldie, but a classic-y. I'm sorry, but Emma, did they do an egg and cress? If they did. I mean, that's the first sandwich I ever made. We made it. No, we did bovril and cress at school. God, do you ever used to have that? Bloody love bovril. Jay Hibbs says vegan meatballs, but haven't seen it in a while. Well, because Jay Hibbs, they're closing down, apparently, the vegan press. Um, and it's also, I'm 
I don't want to push you, but it's not a sandwich. Because otherwise I would have gone for the meatball wrap. Um, because that is the one that I love. Off the hooks is Italian prosciutto every time the basil makes it sing. It's so true what you say about the basil makes it sing. It feels fresh and light, doesn't it? And I might visit that next time. Lindsay Lohan Therapist says Veggie Rye New Yorker. Now, I've never had one of those, but I did go to a place called Need, as in K-N-A-E-A-D, as in like how you need a, you know, piece of uh, a bread. It's a bakery in Sirencester, because I went to Sirencester yesterday. They do this ham and cheese croissant, which has got, it's kind of like a New Yorker rye thing. It's got like sauerkraut and pickle in it. It's a whole thing on the internet. Do you know this guy called Top Jaw uh, on Instagram? Goes around talking about food. He, I don't know what the algorithm is saying to me, or I'm saying to the algorithm. Um, has anyone else got him coming up on their feed a lot? Hmm. Anyway, um, I need to fill your ears with something wonderful now. I want you to write in hello at homosapienspodcast.com at homosapiens on Instagram. Have you ever done a DNA test? What were the results? Have you ever heard any stories? And speaking of stories, let's go and hear Luke's. This is a lovely, lovely chat. What a story your film is. You know, the, the idea of lineage and these DNA tests that hold so much. And I've thought about doing one myself and all of this. So how did it all come about? So in some ways the questions and everything about how I looked and my identity, I was getting questioned about that a lot, probably mm. from when I went away from home. I originally went to Birmingham to do my degree. And it, I think it was this realisation that I was like in the real world and then people have things to say about how you look and they have questions for you. And sometimes that could be good because they're trying to connect with you. And sometimes it was a bit hostile or, mm. you know, kind of have racist elements to it so from that point when i was 18 it just the questions being more more frequent and then when i was working probably like 10 years after that or just under i was working in tv and then somebody had kind of started talking to me just assuming that I was mixed race and you know i just was really awkward because i didn't want to embarrass the person but i also didn't want to answer the question or like yeah. say that i was coming from that perspective or lived experience so it was a really uncomfortable moment in a meeting and then i left that and a manager said to me why did you dodge that question because <laughs> it was obviously awkward uh and i said well you know it seemed like he was asking me a question because he thinks i'm mixed race and i'm not and so my manager told me kind of a, a situation that happened for her and I was just sat there thinking, if there was ever anything, then this would be this would be it that maybe my birth my dad isn't my birth father or some kind of secret. I feel like maybe that could be the core of all of this. So I decided to take a DNA test, really not anticipating that it would come back with any like I just didn't even think about what the results were gonna be. I just put it out of mind and then people were asking me, like, has it come has it come back yet? The results of what's going on? And then I was at work. I got the email and it was just really strange. It was just an strange experience. You can kind of see on paper off screen the results, but it was like this nervous laughter of like, oh, so what now? Because <laughs> I didn't really think this far ahead. <laughs> so essentially you thought your DNA would come back 100% English, right? And it came back. What was the split again? It was like... 
So it was almost in thirds, British, Iberian, which is like Portuguese, Spanish, and West African as well. So it was kind of in thirds between those three. Yeah. And you're like looking at your mum and dad being like, mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember what my actual thought process was. I remember going back to my shift <laughs> and asking if I could go home early, but like, didn't really say what was going on. And my manager was like, no, we've got too much happening today. There's a million people coming in the office and all these things. And I was like, okay. And then I went home. And I think for a few days, it was on a Thursday, and then I spoke to my mom on the Saturday. And I think I saw my friend on the Friday. And I said, so the craziest thing has happened. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, that is, that's something. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, it is, right? And then it was when I spoke to my mom that, yeah, I just started that conversation and said, I've done this DNA test. It says all these things. And she just wouldn't look at me. And I thought, okay, something's happened then. Yeah. Wow. Because it was interesting that that section in the film where you're talking about your mom, talking to your mom, and then she sort of came out with it straight away, right? That she'd had this holiday romance two weeks after she'd met your dad and they had, they'd had a night. Yeah, um, I call it holiday romance just to avoid any <laughs> weirdness. I'm like vague <laughs> holiday romance. But she just came right out, which is 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 very interesting. Yeah, I guess there was. I can imagine from my mum's perspective the what why continue to keep the secret when it's now quite obvious that there's something. Mm. And I was trying to be compassionate. I was trying to find a way for it not to be this huge fallout because I just thought there's got to be reasons to this. There's got to be reasons that she hasn't told me. And also I didn't necessarily feel like anger or anything like that. So I think that allowed her then to go, okay, we can talk about this in an adult way. Mm. And I just didn't want to, you know, your mom's crying. It's like in any situation, whether you feel justified to be angry or not, it's like you don't want to keep adding to that you don't want to upset anybody especially your parents so in the first instance I think I was being a lot more relaxed than than maybe was justified or is realistic but I think that's what opened it up so that I went but just tell me everything now because mm. it, it can't be that we've held and hold anything back or that you're hiding anything it's like if we're going to get through this then I need to you just need to put your cards on the table and she did so what did she say in that moment? I remember so vividly the beginning of the conversation because she stopped looking at me and started crying. And then I said, you can just say it. And she said, what, that your dad's not your dad? I said, yeah. And she said, it's true. That was that bit is like what I remember the most. And then I think afterwards, I, I, my brain went into this mode of like, okay, this is fine. Like, don't freak out. You don't need to cry. And then over the conversation, you know, there was more tears and I think the realisation was setting in of what had what was occurring. Um, and I just said, well, does dad know? She said, no. So immediately I'm like, right, we need to tell dad then. Um, I think it was all just a bit of an out-of-body experience, to be honest. Mm. And and for me, you know, I, I ended up telling my dad probably about two weeks after that, I think. Um, and then it wasn't until about six months later that, I really started to process it and had to kind of leave work because of that and just mm. was a bit like, oh, I've just realized that all of this has happened and I think I was on autopilot the whole time with how I felt about it. Yeah, my heart goes out to you hearing you say that you were just like, I need to make it all okay in the in the moment because 
I do think that queer people do that. You know, it's just like you minimize your own thing because you're used to dealing with things on your own and mm-hmm. having to like come out in your head and then be like, well, I'm not telling anyone. And actually, it's a learned behavior, isn't it? But it's not, it's not the case. We should be able to be vulnerable and all of that. So I can imagine like you then had to take some time off because it did catch up with you. Yeah, absolutely. What I think throughout this journey, what one of the main things that I've come to realize is how much I was just always doing that, always masking and always kind of protecting my parents from things that I was experiencing. So mm. I'd have racist comments said to me, but I felt like I didn't want to talk to them about it because it would upset them. And also it would be a confusing conversation from where I stood. Yeah. And then the same with being queer, like a homophobic thing said to me. And I just think I don't want to bring this to their doorstep because all they're going to do is feel pain from me and not really know what to say. And mm. I'd started, I didn't even give them a chance, which wasn't fair either. Mm. And so I think the our relationship had flipped on its head somewhat. Not that it was anyone's fault, but it was me taking charge in those early days to fix it. Whereas maybe that's what a parent is expected to do at that stage. And so then, like you say, it all catches up with you down the line. Yeah, and also what a unique situation and difficult situation to be in where experiencing racism it was hurtful stuff being said to you that actually was picking something picking at something that you felt was bigger and you had to internalize it right yeah those moments are so strange to look back on because one of the things that stood out to me quite quickly was that within the few days after having that conversation with mom it was almost like I was going back in time to all of these different memories and and conversations and going, oh, I see this in a completely different way now and like Mm. arguments that I've had. And I think that's when like the chinks in my armor started to appear because I'd looked back on conversations where I've had arguments with strangers where they've told me I'm delusional because I've said at the time I was white. And all that was based on was just my parents. Like I look at my parents, look at my family. I don't need to challenge that leave me alone. So then I look back and I go, oh my God, what a fool I was. And then you do that over and over to all those old conversations. And I think Mm. that's when it starts to be difficult to manage. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Do 
your relationship with your dad is beautiful. Your dad is a magical man. I'm talking about the, your dad <laughs> who raised you. Your, mm-hmm. your birth father, also lovely, but we'll get on to him in a second. What was that conversation like with him when you had to sit down and talk to him? And was your mum there? So the plan was supposed to be that me and mum would tell my dad together. And then I wasn't living with them at the time, so I'd come over... We kind of like set a date based on, you know, real life still exists when all of these things are going on. So I was like, when can I next come over? So I was like, I'll come over and I'll stay the night and we'll figure this out. Um, And so I came over and we were supposed to tell them together, but my mum was just in bits. And I just thought, if if dad's going to find this out now, it it, it can't be in a situation where he feels like he can't express his own emotions. Because you know when someone's so upset whilst they're telling you something... It almost takes away your ability to react because you kind of start consoling them. Mm-hmm. So I thought I can strangely compartmentalize this moment and tell my dad I'll just do it by myself. So I ended up talking to him. And the way I was just going around houses for ages, I was like, well, I did this DNA test. And what it shows to you is this. And then, like, it comes up on the page. And I'm just like, unnecessary detail of every uh-huh. single step. And then, you know, partway through, he kind of figured out what I was saying. And then he said, so, you know, I'm not your birth father. And I was just like, well. And then I was just stunned, even though that's where the conversation was going. It was like, hearing the words was a bit jarring. Um so then I'm immediately again I'm going into like uh emergency mode of like no mm. this doesn't change anything though um don't freak out it's nothing's gonna change um you know my dad's quite stoic and I think a lot of what he dealt with around that time was internal and uh, maybe I probably wasn't the best person to kind of hear any of it there's probably mm-hmm. conversations between him and my mom at the time for or not that just weren't meant to be heard by me or I didn't need to be involved Mm. but it took a toll that's when it started to take a toll on me because I thought I remember saying to my mum like you're the parent I'm the child even in even though in that circumstance I'm still an adult Mm. the dynamic I felt I felt the relationship is still parent child it is still parent child even though you're all adults yeah yeah so I just felt a bit I felt like we were all just like alone even though we were in the same household and family members. Mm. And so it was just really difficult. That was like the first, like within the first two months, like all of that happening. And then I just took time away. Like I was still talking to them, but I I just felt like I couldn't be around as much Mm. because I didn't know what to say. And I just always fall into this default mode of like, it's okay, everyone, it's okay. And I was kind of squashing my own ability to be upset. So it was tough. but Huge. You need to recalibrate, right? And, you yeah. know, I think that takes time. I think it's one thing I find we don't allow ourselves and actually mm-hmm. have to sit with it and be like, okay, what does this mean? Because I imagine it sort of means everything and nothing in a weird way. I kept thinking to myself and being quite cruel to myself, thinking that if I had questions or that I shouldn't have questions because it was going to upset them, so I just needed to suck it up and figure mm. out a way to figure things out without upsetting other people, without rocking the boat, without blowing things out of proportion. And so then you just go in, you know, you're going in, you're going in constantly, and that has to go somewhere eventually. So that's kind of what happened. And I ended up moving back to my parents, you know, and then kind of got stuck there because of COVID. And that forced us to talk, you know, in a strange Mm -hmm. way, going home and stopping everything, 
even though it was a difficult situation, was what started this everything. Because you can't hide away when you're in this small council house and I'm in this covered room. Yeah, but also it's interesting because COVID was such an intense time, us all together. I mean, it was... Yeah. A really, really hard time for so many people, but there was also a really intense time because lots of people had to move back in with their families and all of that. When you were saying that, I was rem- reminded about that there's this like graph, which is like by the time you're 18, you've spent 90% of your days with your parents mm-hmm. if you're lucky enough to have them. And actually, will, the other 10% will be days spattered throughout the rest of yours in their life. I don't know whenever that's true, but it's like you were able to form a new relationship, a new create some new memories with them based on a new truth that you'd found. Yeah. And I imagine that was quite cool. Yeah, one of the best things that's come out of this experience is kind of being forced to take my parents off the pedestal that I'd put them on. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is just that in my mind, they were these characters that if I was, if I'm honest, existed for me, were there at the end of the phone when I needed them. I never let them be their own people in my mind and accept mm-hmm. that they had lives before I was around. And through those conversations, it was kind of humbling to go, they are just people at the end of the day. And I mm. need to see them as that first in order to relearn what this relationship is. Mm. and that I think helped me take away any kind of negative feelings that might stir up because it was just like tell me about your mistakes tell me about your decisions I didn't even take any time to get to know you I remember saying to my mom how weird that we we were filming one time and um we just had this conversation the conversation kind of went off a tangent and the directors were like what are we even talking about well um and then afterwards I was like how funny that we could eat at this dinner table for so many years and yet not know each other. And it was just this realisation that I never asked them any questions. I never wanted to talk about their lives. I never even gave them the opportunity to. Mm. And in turn, I was hiding so much um, that I was dealing with and struggling with. And I'd blame them, but I'd never let them ask me the question and probably vice versa. Wow. So once that happened, that realisation we're only going to get through this if we're honest and if about the bad parts and the good parts yeah so that was kind of one of the best things that came out of it really and as it remained you know to this day because not everybody gets through big events to learn that and it is Mm. super 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 important and we're not honest and i you know the, the thing i was when i was watching i was thinking about the power of family and the family structure and how it does really silence people and things because we're like we have to keep the family at all costs and the costs can be huge you know it can be Mm. not knowing the truth and you're about things that are actually important but also solvable I I feel like we don't think things are solvable if we talk about them yeah Um, and we underestimate how strong we are if we just admit we're not that strong it's like allowing yourself to lean on people and allowing them to lean on you that's the point of it all Mm. you know whether Mm. it be as something as big as this or just as small as an irritation at work or some everyday thing Mm. it's like opening up about that is what saves you in the end Mm. the story of the documentary is you're like right i'm gonna now go and find my biological father is that how you refer to him i don't want to get it wrong yes that or birth father yeah birth father okay 
my mum told me that my birth father is a man that she had a holiday romance with called Carlos, who was a bartender in Portugal. So I linked up with a genealogist who, through looking through my DNA results, and I did multiple, I've done a DNA test with every single website now. Um, through looking at all of those. Uh, Sorry, she, just a quick question. Are they all quite similar? Yes. Okay. And basically, they're just different companies have more users of their tests in different parts of the world so Mm -hmm. if you want to get like more european results and uk results like my heritage is probably best ancestry have a bigger base in us so it's just more about like where people test that strengthens their database if that makes sense okay go on so when we did some more digging found out that my grandfather was in a war that was in uh in and around west africa at the time we assumed that was where my birth father kind of came from in terms of whatever relationship that was. Um, and then we went to Portugal on a trip, found the bar or what we hoped was the bar that my mum met Carlos in. So I've just got to interject here because it was yeah. a slightly fabulous moment where you take your mum's best friend who was on this holiday and she's yes. trying to find the bar. What was your mum's yeah. friend's name? Yvonne. Love Yvonne. Yvonne memory like a fucking elephant just like that's yeah. the bar yeah <laughs> and it was really surreal because i was stood here like i have no idea what this bar is supposed to look like um <laughs> so yvonne finds the bar or what we hope is the bar and then angela who is a portuguese genealogist that came on board starts calling around just like as urgent calls to try and find the owner of the bar in the 90s she finds him and then he said, I think there's two Carlos's working at the bar. So she chases one down. It's not him. Chases another guy down through someone else. Scares him to death. God. And then eventually they find Carl, my birth father, Carlos, in London. Wild. And then they tell me all of this. I freak out. And then we do a DNA test. And it is him. And then I go to meet him. Wow. That's the end of part one of our lovely chat, Luke. More in part two, that's on the feed, as per usual. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Powered by Spirit Studios.